Oh, he is so good, so good. We are going to have a wonderful Easter service. We're going to close out with prayer right here. If our team is okay with that, we're going to close out in prayer here. And we are going to see God move, I believe, in the house of God today. I want you to go with me or your Bibles, if you would, to the Gospel of Mark. We want to, we want to share something, or I want to share something real quick. I understand the time, and I understand... Um, that, that things are different with this setup, and, and I get that. But I do feel that it is so important that we go to the Word of God. Um, today I want to just share with you a couple things that I believe God has spoken to me about the resurrection. Nothing new is under the sun, I, I believe, within the Scripture, but I believe the Lord's given it to me, and I've got three points that I do want to share with you real um, quick, if you would let me. I want to go to the book of Mark, and I want to look at chapter 16. So Mark 16 and verse um, 6. It's going to be on your screen, I believe, there. We have tried our best to make this um, experience more joyful, uh, uh, more, um, uh, I guess, beneficial for you. And so that is our attempt to make this. It's a working process, but we are going to try our best to have it to where we're going to be able to have the best worship experience because here's the thing. As it does um, continue to go, as it continues to uh, be the case within this quarantine, um, we are going to have to get better at witnessing and ministering to people. But not only that, as we move into a, as we move into a, I guess life is normal, um, a new normal, whatever we would call that when we come back as a body of Christ, we will be able to minister to people in a way that maybe we were not able to minister to them before. I want to remind you, if you've got something good to say, please say it in the comments there. Um, let us know you're listening. But also, this is what I'd like you to do as well. Um, if you are there with your family or even today at a later time when you're watching it with your family or when you are taking family photos for Easter, I want you to take a picture of your family enjoying Easter. I know we usually have a cross out there and we have family portraits and different things, but I would love for you to do that. And if you have my number, send it to me and we would love to have a collage or a picture album that would show us that despite these circumstances, we are still worshiping a risen Savior. So I want you to go with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Mark, verse 6. This is a verse that I came across yesterday, and it just it stuck with me. And it says right here in verse 6, But he said to them, Do not be alarmed, or be not affrightened, as you see on your screen. All of you seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Look at these words. Behold the place where they, that's a key word that hit me as I was watching it. Behold the place where they laid him. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in this short time that we have, I pray that you would speak something beneficial to the lives of your people. I believe, God, that we have, we have victory in you. I pray that people would begin to receive from your word right now, today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. 
every one of us has struggles. Every one of us has difficulties and situations to where we don't really understand why life has laid us in the place that it has. For some, it may be a tomb or a place of being laid down in a, in a, in a, in a bed or in a tomb of fear, a tomb of doubt, a tomb of worry, a tomb of um, addiction, whatever it may be for all of people. Someone, everyone has had their selves laid down into a tomb that has tried to destroy them. It is no different with our Lord and our Savior. For Christ, as you go and you look at Mark 16 and Matthew 28 and Luke 24 and John 20, and you see the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, we are reminded that He rose from the grave. But when you go to the previous chapters in these Gospels, you see the things that the Lord Jesus endured. You see how the Lord Jesus, He endured suffering. He endured hardships. He endured betrayal. He endured denial. He endured people that spat upon him and slapped him and mocked him. He endured a spear in his side. He endured a crown of thorns and a nameplate above his head that simply was a, 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 a nameplate of mockery and a nameplate of just simply making fun and ridiculing him. He endured so much as a suffering Savior. We see even he had someone assist him on his road down the Via Della Rosa and going up to Calvary. So even in that, he was given a little relief yet to get to the cross and be hung upon uh, between heaven and earth. And he was given vinegar to drink. The sufferings that the Savior had to endure was sufferings that no man has ever suffered. For all of the persecution we would like to say that we've dealt with, no one has ever dealt with the suffering as Jesus dealt with. But then we see after he was crucified and he gave up the ghost, they did not break his bones according to the Old Testament prophecy in the book of Psalms. They borrowed his tomb. Joseph gave him a borrowed tomb. They prepared him for burial. They wrapped him in linen and then they put him away. I understand that Joseph and I understand that um, Nicodemus and those that prepared his body, they loved the Lord. But the rulers that allowed them to do that, they told them, they said, put guards by this and put a stone over it because they will come and they will steal his body. And we cannot have a revival to take place after this and claim that he is alive and he will do more damage after his death than he did before. And so as I begin to think about this and ponder this thought that is found in the gospel of Mark and how it said, look and behold the place where they laid him. As you look at the security of this tomb and you look at how the, the tomb was secure in so many ways and you see that even the women as they walked up to the tomb, I believe in Mark, they said, how in the world is this going to be moved talking about the stone? And so as you see Jesus Christ going and being put into this place, 
And you see the women trying their best to, to find a way to get in. I want you to hear the things that the Lord dropped into my heart because I believe the tomb, number one, represents something in our life that we can glean from today. Obviously, this tomb was a place for burial. It was a place that was something where the dead people were kept as Jesus was on the cross and as they brought him down, they said, sure, you can put him in a tomb because as you put him in this tomb that we will lay him in, it will be a place where we are closing him up to never hear from him again. We are closing him in so we can never deal with his way again. He will never cramp our style. He will never mess up our ideology. He will never give us a, a, a headache again as far as his message. And then they were attempting to say it is the end of Jesus and this claim or notion that he is a savior. The tomb was the world's attempt to shut Jesus up for good. In fact, I can see them as they were deciding what to do with the Lord Jesus and his body. I can see them saying, yes, Josephus, yes, Nicodemus, you can prepare him and you can place him in the tomb. We're going to put guards there and we're going to put a stone there and we will never hear from him again. But it also sounds very familiar to the people of God today. Because if the enemy had his way, he would place us in a tomb to never hear from again. He will place us in a place of rejection and religiosity and arrogance. And, and our arrogance will put us there and he will place us into a tomb and lay us down. And he will roll a stone over that opening and say we will never hear from this so-called follower of Christ again. I begin to think about this and I begin to think about how Satan will throw us into a tomb. How Satan will lay us into a tomb and bury us down in our sins and our fears and our doubts. And I want you to hear this preacher. He will bury you. He will bury me. He will bury the church because Satan wants to erase the church. The same culture and the same people and the same devil that wanted to erase our Lord and Savior and therefore they laid him in a tomb. He will do the same thing for the church today. In fact, there may be someone right now watching on Facebook or maybe watching later on YouTube and you have been laid into a tomb of fear and sin and doubts and worries. And I'm here to tell you, they did the same thing for our Savior who was not a bit guilty of anything that they said he was guilty of. For he lived 33 years and knew no sin, but because he loved the world, he was willing to die on a cross and after they took him from that cross they laid him in a tomb and closed the door and said we will never deal with him ever again it was a rejection of Jesus Christ. It was a rejection of his message. It was a re rejection of the claim that he was the Yeshua HaMashiach, the Savior that would save the world. And the church is in the same condition at times. And we find ourselves laid in a tomb. 
But the Bible declares to us that the very same spirit that lives in us, the very same spirit that has raised us up to new life can be found on that day in the tomb. In fact, I believe it is Matthew that said that in the place of the sepulcher there was a garden. Isn't it amazing that the Lord allowed a garden to be described in this place? Because I'm telling you the only way that you as a believer can get life in Christ is to die yourself first and, and crucify your flesh. And when you do that, you will be resurrected to new life like never before. But when you go inside of that tomb, when you go inside where Jesus laid his, or they laid his head and where they laid his body and how they wrapped him in garments, when you go inside that place, you will find out sometime early that Sunday morning there was something called the power of the Holy Spirit that invaded that tomb. I don't know exactly what it sounded like. I don't know what it was what 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 would you could describe it as? But I envision it as almost a, a, a fresh blow, gust of wind. The Bible said on the day of Pentecost, it was as cloven tongues of fire, describing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But one thing I am probably I am almost certain of is that inside that tomb, the guard may have heard nothing on the outside, but on the entire inside. Something heavenly was going on. And no matter what they wanted to use that tomb for, no matter what they thought they were placing Jesus there for, no matter how they thought they were going to put a stone over the opening to never hear from him again, when God wants to get into the midst of something, God can come into some confinements that the enemy has locked you up inside of and he can bring life inside of any situation that you're facing oh say amen somebody if you're at your house I am hearing this in my spirit on that day on that morning I believe life came inside of that tomb and Jesus Christ was resurrected and the place that they had prepared for him the place of stopping him the place of denying him the place of rejecting him what happened was on that third day God came in and God had another story and as sure as I am preaching today in my name is Michael. I heard the Lord say the same thing can be said about the people of God. No matter where they have placed you, no matter where, where Satan has confined you to, no matter what Satan has done in your life to try to discourage you, there is a God in heaven because of a resurrected Savior. He can bring the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that lived Jesus up from the grave, can come into the place where Satan has put you and bring new life back into it and so you see the power of the Holy Spirit came into that tomb and brought back Christ to life but the same thing can be done for you every rejection when Jesus was put into that tomb when Jesus was raised back to life please listen every rejection was rejected every critic was answered. Every religious critic 
was rebuked. Every attempt to shut him up was defeated. I can see Jesus on that third day when the stone was rolled away. I can see Jesus coming out and saying, I will never be laid down again. And because of what Jesus had accomplished on the inside of the tomb, we now can have something, God help me, miraculous happen on the inside, not only of our life, but the cave and the prison that the enemy has placed you in. There is a supernatural power of the Holy Ghost that can come inside of that confinement and bring you back to life. Because he arose, we can as well arise. Every sin can be defeated. Every fear can be erased. Every doubt can be answered. Jesus, his resurrection promise to us is one, listen to me please, of powerful anointed victory. And as the angel was describing this experience, the, 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 the phrase that stuck out to me was when he said behold. He looked at them and said behold. As if to say would you ponder would you gaze and, and for you at your house and for us in this church and you that may be listening wherever you may be, I want you to just think about it just for a moment, please. I want you to ponder it just for a moment, please. I want you to think about the tomb just for a moment. Let me paint you a broad picture with a, with a, with a brush that I can perhaps try to give you an image of what is happening. There is a stone that is rolled away. There is people trying to see what's going on. There is his garments or his cloths or his linens that was wrapped, laid down and folded neatly. The Bible gives several examples of experiences that happen between the women and then Peter and John and the angels and those, the guards that fell when he was resurrected and the angel that appeared. So I want you to just real briefly begin to ponder and behold. But he didn't stop there. He said, behold the tomb where they had laid him. God help me. That tomb was empty. Every attempt from the enemy, every attempt from Satan, every attempt from the devil himself that tried to stop our Savior who is greater and mightier than anything Satan could bring, every attempt to shut him up, they laid him in that tomb, but now the writer said, Behold where they had laid him. I'm reminded of scriptures like Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 31 that says, If God be for me, then who can be against me? I'm reminded of scriptures like in Isaiah that says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Let me tell you what I'm reminded when I read that line. It tells me that no matter what they tried to lay me in, there is a Savior that has overcome every death, every chain, every sin, every doubt, every fear. And because he overcome it, overcame it, and because he was victorious in his death, burial, and resurrection, and because he walked out and looked at where they had laid him, I now can walk in my life in complete and total victory. The tomb is a reminder of what was tried, 
The empty tomb is a reminder that they tried to hold him down. The empty tomb is a reminder that they tried to win. But thanks be to God, we are victorious. It is a reminder that the Savior is no longer where they laid him, but he is where God had positioned him from the very beginning. I am so encouraged by the fact that no matter what they wanted to do, no matter where they wanted to place him, Satan has no say-so on where my Savior goes. The enemy may have thought he had won, but three days later inside of that borrowed tomb where Satan thought that he would lay him in his final victory, Jesus Christ, was raised up from the dead and he stepped out of that tomb and the angel said behold where they laid him as if today he would be saying to the church behold where the enemy has tried to lay you behold where the enemy has tried to, to, to make you fall and where the enemy has tried to stick you in that bed of doubt in that bed of fear in that bed of sin but because Jesus Christ arose from the grave you do not have have to give in to the enemy's attacks but you can rise up victorious because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How do I know this? I'm closing right here. I know this because of what Jesus did after he rose from the grave. The Bible said that he rose from the grave and was in a glorified body. Oh, he was in a glorified body, but there were still scars in his hands. A reminder as he showed himself to Thomas and showed himself to his disciples. Thomas in his doubting form said, I got to put my finger into his side. But the reason I know that you and I can be resurrected from the places where the enemy has tried to lay us down and cause us to be shut up in is because after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, I'm reminded in Mark 16 and 7, when Jesus looks at, the, at his followers, he says, you go and tell the disciples. But he didn't end there. He said, as you've heard me preach this before, he said, you go and tell my disciples and Peter in Mark 16 and 6 because the tomb is empty your sins are now forgiven no matter how bad your past life was no matter how bad the devil wants to lay you down in sin and regret no matter how he wants to lay you down and say you can never be better than what you are no matter how he wants to lay you, lay you down and cause you to worry because somebody is going to find out your sins that you have committed let me tell you you, Jesus Christ shows us because he was resurrected from where they laid him down he came out victorious and glorified and went to the ones that had failed and he said I love you I am calling you and I have chosen you you do not have to lay down in sin. You do not have to lay down in a past that you can get out of. There is a resurrected Savior because He is alive. He can lift you up out of that bed of sin and He can set you on a resurrected path. The next thing, the, re the reason He can get you out of your doubt, 
It's because over in the book of John, please, I'm almost done. In the book of John chapter 20, there is a reminder that the disciples were, were, were in a room shut up, scared to death of what was going on. They were scared. They were scared for their life. They was worried. Oh, no, what is going to happen? We are going to be crucified or we are going to be persecuted. We are going to be arrested. But because Jesus was lifted up from where they tried to lay him. The disciples that were now in that moment of fear, that moment of worry, that moment of angst, that moment of saying, I don't know what's going to happen next. We have a glorified Savior in that story that stepped through walls. They had locked their doors because of fear. They had locked their doors and the only way in was through the walls because Jesus rose up from where they tried to lay him down. He now can walk through whatever wall has been placed around your life. And I want to speak to that wall of fear and doubt just for a moment. I want to speak to that wall of fear first of all because the Savior does not want you to stay in that tomb of fear that will not let you step out of where you have been called to go to because you are scared that someone might say something or someone might think something. Look, our Savior, after he was resurrected, he walked through the walls to get to his disciples and the same thing can be said for you. Do not let fear keep you from church. Do not let fear keep you from serving God. Do not let fear keep you from sharing a scripture on Facebook or wherever you may want to do it. Do not let fear keep you from following the Lord with your whole heart. The enemy, if he had his way, he would lay you down in a bed of fear. But I'm telling you, because Jesus got up, we do not have to lay there any longer. But we can come up, he can walk through our walls, and he can say, Peace, I leave to you. And we can walk bold and victorious in the Lord and doubt Thomas said I will not believe Thomas said I will not believe I will not trust I will not believe that it is happening because of what is going on but also on the road to Emmaus there was two old, two old boys that was walking down saying I will not believe I will not trust it cannot be this way I don't know if what I am believing from God, if it's true or not. Our resurrected Savior that lifted up from that bed they had made for him, that tomb they made from him, he rose up on that third day and he found later two boys, Cleopas and the other one, we don't know his name, but he walked up beside him as they were spewing doubt and they were spewing confusion and Jesus began to break down the Old Testament and the law and began to share with them they had no clue of who he was. It's in Luke chapter 24 and then later they in invite this Jesus, this resurrected Savior into the house and when he broke the bread and when he blessed the food, the Bible said that their eyes were open and they knew that 
he was alive. Let me tell you, in a moment where the coronavirus is trying to run rampant into the church, I don't understand it, don't know what God is doing, I don't have a clue what is going to happen tomorrow, but one thing I do know, I will put my hope and my trust in a Savior that was resurrected on the third day that did not let the devil win and lay him down where he wanted to lay him down, but he rose up, he walked out of that tomb, and now I have resurrected resurrection power, and I will not doubt, I will not question. Yes, they will fill my mind. Yes, they will cause me to begin to ponder, but I will quicken my spirit and say I will lift up my eyes up to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If you're at home, would you give the Lord praise? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I am so burdened by this thought because it is a promise of victory. Singers, would you come? It is a promise of victory. It is a promise. Today as we behold the tomb, as we behold where they laid him, where they placed him, the purposes behind it. Zach, would you come if you don't mind? As they laid them down, we see their plans. We see their intentions. We see their desires. But on the third day, we see that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, He is not confined to their plans. He is not held down by their desires. No matter what is on the enemy or the devil's agenda, God does not answer to him. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And when God wants to raise his son from the grave, he will raise his son from the grave. But because he did this for you as a child of God today, you that are going to bed struggling because you are in a grave of despair, you have been placed in a tomb of despair and worry and doubt and fear, let this preacher today prophesy to you and say that you do not have to lay there any longer. You do not have to stay there any longer. But because he is alive, because he overcame, because he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, you too can come out of that tomb. No matter how hard that stone is, no matter how heavy that stone is, no matter how deep they have buried you, there is a Savior who can reach his hand as far down as he must and he can lift you out of that grave of sin, that grave of fear, and that grave of doubt. He is resurrected and because he is alive, you too today can be alive. I feel the very power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I want everybody in this place, in this church, to raise your hands.
I want everybody in this church, in this building, I know it's just a few of us, I want us to, lay, to raise our hands. I want, our ha I want every hand raised to the sky. And you at the house, would you begin to raise your hands? I know that, I know that people begin to lose interest. And I know that people begin to lose their attention. But for those that are still online, lift up your hands, cry out to God, and say, I will not be laid down in these tombs of despair any longer. Oh God, lift up your hands right now. Those at the house that need a help, that need a touch, I'm going to lift my hands and I'm praying towards that camera. I don't know, I don't even know how this works, but I'm praying right now in your home that you would behold the place where they laid him. He got up, say it with me if you would. He got up, say it at your house if you would. He got up. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough, God, a, a, a transition, a new season. Oh, God, I know now what I have gone through is for a purpose and a reason. You are going to use what we have been through, God, so we can have a testimony of how you can get us through it and how you can elevate us to new heights like never before. God, I pray for those that are sick. I pray for those that are hurting. I pray for those that are struggling. I pray, God, that you would move, that you would bless, that you would speak. Oh, God, we worship you. Oh, God.